God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Ciao. It is that time of the week. It is time for the Woman Evolve podcast. Girl, where have you been all my life and what has been happening in your world? For those of you who don't know, we are in full swing of the Night in the Wild tour. This is Woman Evolve's first ever tour, and I am podcasting today live from Charlotte. That's why if you're joining me on Facebook Live, I am a bit early. But this week, I packed my podcast equipment, and I said, I have to spend some time with the girls. Ciao. Brianna Harris says, ciao. Can we talk about last night? Last night in Charlotte, we had us a good old time. Some of my girls are logging in from Facebook Live and they have been at the tour. I see somebody was in Atlanta. Manone Banks was in Chicago. Margot Bivens says, I finally caught this. Brianna Harrison says, it was phenomenal. Thank God for using you. If you guys don't know, the Night in the Wild Tour has been in six cities so far, five cities so far. We're ending in Houston and Dallas this week. And I had no idea what to expect with the tour. But it has exceeded every expectation, I imagine. Indy says, I finally made it to live. Atlanta was everything. I'm still on a high. Listen, we laugh, we cry, we surrender, we connect as sisters. And, you know, I had an idea for the tour, but I didn't know what it was actually going to be in manifestation. And to see how people are leaving the testimonies that we're receiving, it's just been phenomenal. I think one of the things that I wanted to really be intentional about was just creating a sense of sisterhood. Because when, you know, we leave and go to our next city or our return to Los Angeles, it was important to me that we were able to maintain this sisterhood that we connected in that room. And it's been powerful. We're going to add seven cities for fall. And we're just going to keep doing this thing until the wheels fall off. So let me tell you something. Child, it's been amazing. But let me tell you, because it has been so amazing, I have not been working out. I have not been minding my business and I have not been eating right. And those are criterias of being in the delegation. So at this point, my delegation membership is in jeopardy because I have been out here just trying to help the saints and eat carbs when I get finished. And I guess allegedly that is not the way to do it. Okay. Stacy says it was incredible. Latoya says, Chow, can I get those Mind Your Business Ministry mugs on the website? We are going to have all of the swag from the Night in the Wild tour available on the website when the tour ends. That includes mugs, the Woman Evolved Mind Your Business Ministry mugs that are blessed, okay? And it is just a, a reminder to everyone who we encounter that, listen, don't run it by me because I'm minding my business, okay? I've been finding a little cold, so you guys bear with me. We got some work to do tonight and uh, work to do today with the rest of the podcast. And so, Chow, what have you been doing? How has your life been? Have you been drinking your water and minding your business? Renee says that she's tuning in from Augusta, and she's been drinking her water and just started Orange Theory. When I get back to Orange Theory, I already know that Orange Theory is going to have its way with me. Uh, Reagan says, "I I have been drinking my water and haven't eaten meat in five days. Come on, somebody. I have to get my life together because, uh, because, okay. Um, Darcy says, I'm eating five guys and everything. I need to get on my grind. Sometimes you just have to let yourself. I was telling them last night in Charlotte that sometimes I just get to a point in my life where I'm just like, forget it, okay? This is who I am. This is where I am. And this is, I'm just, I'll be fine when I get a minute. But right now, I just, we have probably been eating one meal a day on tour. And when it's time for me to sit down for that one meal, I don't want to eat no salad. And I, I get to do that, Okay. How about that? Summer said, child, I start my new job Friday after six months of unemployment. Somebody cue the shouting music because we got a praise break that needs to take place. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Okay. Leticia says she's about to start Weight Watchers. I've heard a lot of things about Weight Watchers. 
a lot of incredible things um, with the new system, and it's not as complicated as I guess it was in the past, but that's come on now. Now, what I need to know is, are you guys ready to rescue some folks? Because I've tried to rescue some people on tour, and you guys don't like rescuing people on tour, on the podcast, or on Facebook Live. And so I don't know how this is going to go for me this evening, but I know that I'm going to do all that I can do to make it happen, okay? Um, Rescue Eve, if you're listening for the first time, first of all, where have you been? Stop living underneath a rock, okay? Because we have to rescue the saints. Rescue Eve is when we rescue someone in the news or in culture who has done something where they know better but didn't do better. And it's our way here at the Woman Evolved Delegation of just showing a little grace to people and saying, you know what? You could have done a better job, but I see how you ended up in that situation. And we never want to see that happen to you again. So we're going to rescue you and we're going to bring you under our wings and make things happen. Um, Having said that, um, sometimes the saints don't be ready. Last night, I tried to rescue Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga for their Oscar performance. I'm not sure if you guys saw the performance, but as they were performing, they um, I think they fell back into character. And in the process of them falling back into character, they seemed to be a little bit more cozy than I think, um, you know, if he was my man, that I would have been— uh, that I would have been okay with. But I I don't know. I, I We tried to rescue them. They wasn't going for it last night. So I didn't add them on the list for today. What I really want to know is, does anybody want to rescue Jesse Smollett? Um, and I can see, hypothetically speaking, why you would not want to rescue. And to be honest, as your fearless delegation leader, I don't have a lot for us to to work on with this whole uh, rescuing situation. Um, you know, maybe we should not decide whether or not we should rescue because we don't have all the facts yet. And until we have all the facts, who, what can we say? Okay, we got one person saying that they're telling the truth. We got another person saying it was staged. Loria says, I told you no, sis. Um, Jocelyn says, we good love and joy. Um, I just, guys, what what are you guys thinking? Um, I am with Miss Lady B. Miss Lady B says, I need all of the facts first. I tell you what I am. You, let me tell you who really needs to be rescued right now is me. Forget Jesse. Forget the Chicago PD. I am the one who was in need of rescuing. Okay, listen, I was all upset. I couldn't believe it happened. Then they say it didn't happen. Now I'm just sitting here confused. I didn't took my post down. I it's caused too much confusion. The Saints is all in my comments asking me what's going on. I don't know what's going on. I think forget them. Let's rescue me. Lanisha says rescue him. Says he needs the grace or something. Rena says the evidence is confusing with Jesse. I am confused. Forget. Okay, forget I even brought it up altogether. Let's rescue ourselves from this whole situation because I am confused. Raina says, yes, I'm rescuing him. Way too many holes in this story and not enough facts. Come on now. Leisha says, I would rescue for now. And Shakita says, he's res- he's innocent until proven guilty. Well, let me tell you how the Facebook Live audience is just so much more kinder than some of the people who I've had at Night in the Wild. Because Night in the Wild, their initial response to rescuing is absolutely not. We cannot do it. Courtney says, because his attorney says they have more evidence just rescue me. Just just rescue me. Jesse, we want to rescue you, but right now we just going to keep you on the island. We're going to keep you out floating for a minute until we can just get all of the facts. Um, I think, will this be a first? I, I think this is the first time where we have decided we can't even rescue or not rescue. We want to be rescued. We don't even know what to do with you. And I think that that's basically where we're going to live with this one because boy, okay? How about that? Saranda says, I'm confused too. I'm just going to pray and let God have it because sometimes that's all you can do. In moments like this, who knows what the end is going to be? I feel I feel a word on that. Who knows what the end is going to be? But what I know right now in this season is I can't handle it. I tell you who I do want to try and rescue. And I want you guys to get um all of your heart and mind together for this rescue because it's going to stretch us. 
it's going to stretch us, but I think there's something to it. And I just want you guys to be open, okay? Would you all consider wanting to rescue Jordan Woods? Is anyone open to that? Now, I know that historically speaking, that anybody who messes with somebody else's man, we automatically count out. Um, This is why maybe perhaps we could consider rescuing. I think that like the whole moral compass over there is different for, for us than it is for them sometimes. And I can see how things could get blurry over there. I'm not saying right. I'm just saying, I'm just saying blurry. Um, you know, Jordan was just 21 years old. At 21 years old, um, did I have a thought? Oh, girl, no. I just went back to 21 and saw myself. I didn't have a thought nowhere in my head at 21. I was doing all kinds of wrongery, and nobody knew about it the way that this has exploded on her. And I was, as much wrong as I was doing, I was still doing like church girl wrong, where you still had the conviction of the Lord and some shame and some fear. If you remove all of those elements and you just out here at 21, you know, anything could go. And and I don't know. Sharon says, Jordan Wood, yes, her brain has not even finished growing yet, according to statistics and science. She went to college. Sharon says she has brought statistics and science into this. Famiga says Jordan wasn't smart enough to realize that she was messing up her money in addition to her friendship. She's 21. Um, I don't know. It's not right at all, but I'm just saying that whole clan, that things happen over there. Nisha says, absolutely, she can catch a plane ride. Oh, listen, now you know the delegation want to rescue you when you can send the plane. Chelsea says, at 21, you really live for the moment. Monica says, LOL, Jordan is technically a homewrecker, but the blood washes in. The blood still works, okay? Listen, okay, JoJo says she was wrong off the fact that he's married, but with the all considered, I'm throwing a floaty in. I mean, they not. I mean, you still can't mess with nobody's man. They not married. He, he kind of got a history of this, and, you know— when you got a history of things and then the history ends up coming into your present, then you just have to know that that history was going to hit closer than home, hit closer to home sooner or later. That's one of the things I knew when I was out here trying to make something out of nothing. And I knew that with me trying to take nothing and turn it into something, that eventually nothing was going to show up closer to me than I, uh, than I preferred. I was, you know, just beginning to kind of find my voice in ministry and really beginning to believe that I could maybe help other women to grow and change their lives and transform. And I knew that nothing was going to end up hitting on the very women that I was trying to deliver. And so I said, I can't have no room for nothing trying to make something right now when you steal nothing. And so I don't know. I think that when you 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 messing with folks, if you messing with somebody who gets around, don't be surprised when it hits your house. Is that wrong? Courtney says, I'll put a float in on it. Jocelyn says, a cheater will always be a cheater. Tiffany says, rescue that baby. Laquita says, can we leave him over there? I'm saying, we can leave him. We're not trying to rescue him right now, okay? We're just trying to rescue Jordan. And that's all we can do right now in this moment. Darcy says she knew what was going on. Where were her friends? It was more than just the two of them, right? Uh, she brings up a good point. Beverly says we should rescue her. She's just 21 and still hasn't grown up yet. Let's throw the life. Come on now. Sharon says how can she wreck a home? They're not married and he wrecked his home before. That's what I'm saying. I don't Okay, so not right. We're not saying it's right. We're just saying given all of the facts and the culture that exists in that circle, at least the culture that it appears from the outside looking in, where you could be naked and exposed and that's cool and that's fine. If that's how you like it, that's fine. I'm not passing no judgment, but I'm just saying like eventually things is going to start mixing all in there together and it's not going to be right for anybody. Chantel says, if it weren't those Kardashians, would anyone care? Absolutely not. Not, I don't think so. Absolutely not. Reva says, we're evolving, child. Jordan is rescue. Um, Okay, but Bianca says, it takes two. That's all, no rescue. So it sounds like, 
for the most part, we will at minimum be able to send a life jacket. We don't have any gas on it. We're not able to send the plane. But for the most part, we got a life jacket on it. That's all I'm saying. And, you know, I think for 21 and for all those things, I think that we can rescue her. Now, I'm looking forward. I don't know if you guys know this, but she's going to be on um, Red Table Talk with Jada Pinkett. And hopefully Jada will share some wisdom with her. Listen, for real, honestly, for real, 21, like I know so many of us have grown and changed and all of that stuff. I've been guilty of messing with somebody else's boyfriend before. I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast and you are, you know, attracted to my ministry in some capacity, then you know what it's like to be talking to somebody who you shouldn't be talking to. And so like, I'm not saying once again that that makes it excusable, but we cannot act all shocked and appalled that she ended up in this situation. Now, what I have never done is say that I got jumped at two o'clock in the morning and somebody threw bleach on me and threw a rope around my neck. I'm a little shocked and appalled by that. That's why I thought immediately it was the truth, but that's neither here nor there. We talk about Jordan Woods. What I'm saying is she did some young 21-year-old girl stuff and who, I mean, can we consider that she just needs to grow and change and evolve. And maybe we can help her when we get her on the lifeboat, okay? Alexis says, can we rescue Chloe and Jordan? Yes, honey. Everybody needs to be rescued. Because, you know, and Chloe's just trying to make her family work with somebody who, you know, tears it down every time she tries to put it together. And that's hard, too. And so there is this idea that, like, you— Jordan, someone who's within her close circle, knows more than anyone how challenging it is for me to keep this family together. So if you can't help me, at least don't hurt me. So she's definitely justified in feeling pain and betrayed and all of those things. But if I were her, if I were speaking to her, I would say, you, this is a terrible, tragic thing that happened to you. And I think that we have to come to a place where we realize that the family that you were hoping to keep together is not the family that you actually want to have in your heart. Because the family you want to have in your heart has loyalty, it has respect, it has integrity. And that's not the family that this is producing. So either way, it needed to be dismantled so that something better could come. Portia says, rescue all of them. Let's, okay, let's let's rescue all of them. Juanita says, at 21, I didn't mess with any married men, but I know I was flawed trying to find my womanhood. I messed with single men, but they were no good. I had to grow up and learn my worth for sure. Angela says, we have, Angela says, we have all bit, had to be rescued for being young and dumb at one point in our lives. So, all right, child. It sounds like we're going to rescue everybody. In the whole situation, in the whole situation, okay. Mariah says she is a wild woman. We can rescue Jordan. That's why we're here. Amen. Okay. All right. Listen. Um. So I'm going to move on to Hail Mary because the Wi-Fi in the hotel is trash, to be honest. And I want to make sure that I get to stay on with my girls for the entire episode. Okay, so I'm going to move on to Hail Mary. And this is what I want to say about Hail Mary. Hail Mary is when we just acknowledge someone who's doing incredible things in the news, who's like making big waves and just inspiring us all to live our best life. We call it Hail Mary because Mary in the Bible obviously pushed through when she gave us, literally pushed through when she gave us the Messiah. And she had to overcome her own fears and insecurities in order to do that. And so when we celebrate a Hail Mary, it's our way of saying, child, we see you out here living your best life, and we thank you for it. This is what I want to say, and this is probably the first time in Woman Evolve history. I want to give a Hail Mary to the Chicago Police Department. The Chicago Police Department has been working overtime. I don't know if the, the crime rate is dropping there, and so it has freed them up to really look into things in a greater way. But let me tell you something. The Chicago Police Department has gone after R. Kelly in ways that I can only praise the Lord for. I thought to myself— when watching that documentary, like, I don't know what the statute of limitations is. He's already gotten off on this again. Does this mean he's just going to run around free? And the Chicago Police Department said, not on my watch. Not on my watch are we going to let this go down and us not be able to show up. And let me tell you, I don't know. I should have written down his name. I think it's the prosecutor who has decided 
it's not happening. Not only do they have evidence and video evidence of just the pedophilia and the predatory nature of his whole existence, but my guy said that he got bailed out and went to McDonald's. He is keeping a close eye on Brother Aura, and I want to give a Hail Mary to the Chicago Police Department. And wow, I don't know. D'Angelo says they need to put that same energy into that crime rate. See, and I'm thinking to myself, maybe they're putting so much energy into the crime rate that they have an opportunity to kind of focus on these other crimes because, wow. Sade says, and this new attorney is not playing with him either. He sure is not. I've been looking at his tweets, and wow. He has been hunting him down, like watching his every move, and I am just grateful that there will be an opportunity for justice. We got to pray this thing all the way through because we really need that to come to an end. Kiana says, yes, they worked effortlessly. effortlessly. R. Kelly, Jesse Smollett, they're making Chicago look worse. Um, no handling for them. Why wait for the video to arrest him? Because don't we need evidence? You can't arrest folks without evidence. I don't know. Um, help me. Natalie says, I'm sorry, I'm from Chicago, and trust me, this is the fastest they have ever solved a crime. There is still many cold, case, cold cases that are not being reviewed. Hopefully that they can they can start reviewing them now, because evidently they, I don't know if their computers got fixed. I don't know if somebody, well, I did hear they're about to elect maybe two women mayors. I don't know if the women are coming into office and saying, we got to get this together. We can't continue living like this. But something is happening, and I don't know. Tiffany says, it's still a baby fighting for his life that was shot in the head. Oh, no, we'll definitely be praying for that family. Um, So I um, am just glad that the Chicago police were able to do something and that maybe something happening with the documentary, documentary is why they were able to— um, you know, find more evidence or something. We got to make sure that we continue to bring these stories to light so that people can get better and get the help that they need. Karen says he went to McDonald's in a cigar bar. They had him on check. They watched every second of him. Brianna says they had victim statements. They had enough to hold him without bail. Chat this. Somebody has been tracking this. Tracking this thing down to the ground. And for that, all I can do is say big ups. All I know is that he is in jail. Um, Zola says, can we rescue whoever bailed him out? I am unable to can. I am unable to can. I am without any ability to rescue them. So Angie says, R. Kelly will be back in Cook County if he doesn't come up with the 160,000. Oh, these, the saints know all of the things. That, all of the things they know. Let me tell you. Okay, so... Um, that was a Hail Mary for the Chicago Police Department. It sounds like some of the people in Chicago said that they're not able to fully give us that Hail Mary because some things need to happen there first. And I can understand that because you're there and you're in tune with what's happening in the city. But from the outside looking in, it looked like they were about their business, at least in this one case. D'Angela says, I think justice will be served once those who are staying silent begin to speak up. Amen. Okay, so that held me for the Chicago Police Department. <laughs> The second Hail Mary that I have today is for Steph Curry, who was recently in the All-Star Game in North Carolina. And he asked that they donate the money from his All-Star Game to the local rec center where he grew up, which I just thought was really dope. I think that whenever we see, first of all, I don't know Steph or Aisha Curry. Um, I really feel like perhaps we're friends in our head, you know, and we go on double dates and our kids, oh my gosh, they love each other. Kid, the kids love to go on play dates. Anywho, when I tell you that I always think it's dope when they do incredible things in the news, but especially to see an athlete giving back to the community that helped him, I thought that that was really cool. Of course, we had the Oscars and we had Ruth Cotter. We had Hannah Bleachler, I think that's her name, who won in their uh, respective categories, the first and or the second and third, I think, African-American women to 
win in categories that weren't performance-based. So that was really cool. The Oscars in general were pretty good. Now, I was cooking dinner while watching the Oscars, so I can't say that I sat down and watched every little second of it. But I will tell you, they had that one year where they were like, the Oscars were so white because there wasn't any diversity. And they said, this is never going to happen again. They invited all of the color. We had some Asians in the room. We had some Mexicans in the room. We had, uh, of course, the African-Americans were in the room. We had our good old white folks in the room. And let me tell you something. I enjoy seeing the diversity at the Oscars this year. Did you guys watch? What were you thinking? Did you all enjoy it? I like I like the Oscars, but can I tell you my favorite award show? Oh, how could I forget that? Brianna, thank you for bringing that to my remembrance. Brianna says, Hail Mary for Regina King. Let me tell you why I get the I get so excited when I see somebody just giving it up to the Lord. Like, I don't know that I will ever win an Oscar, but I said, I don't know. I don't know what the Lord has for me, okay? Um, But when I say that when people take a minute and it's like, and God is good all the time, it blesses me. And Regina King did just that. And I loved it. So um, definitely Regina King, who has been in the industry for such a long time. So to see her receive that honor is incredible. And let me tell you something. That is a word for somebody who feels maybe they've been overlooked in their world and in their field for a long time. Like one of the things that I've been really kind of teaching on this tour is really not this notion of pursuing purpose for a specific outcome, but just the pursuit of purpose because that's what God told you to do. And setting things in motion is more important than the outcome you receive because when you set it in motion, it's your way of saying, God, I'm going to add works to what you're giving me and the faith and the gifts and the talents that I have received. You know, it doesn't say faith without outcomes is dead. It says faith without works is dead. And so set something in motion that changes your life. That's one of the things we've been preaching on the Night in the Wild tour. And so Regina King set something in motion as a little girl that she is just now receiving an award of this level for. But it didn't seem like to me when she received the award that her whole career was based off of this one moment, but rather just this is what happens when you stay connected to your craft, when you stay connected to your purpose, and you do it for the love of it, not for the acknowledgement of it. That's what I'm trying to say. Do it for the love of doing it. Do it for the fulfillment that you get from knowing that you're doing what God told you to do and not because you're pursuing a certain outcome. Because when you don't receive that outcome, you get disappointed. Like, I'm an author. I've written four books. Every time I write a book, I have to tell myself it's not about hitting the New York Times bestsellers list. It's about hitting someone's hands and someone's heart and having their life be transformed, even if it's one person. And so removing myself from this need to be validated by man's accolades so that I can be content with just saying, I did, I said, I preached, I produced what God told me to preach. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Vanita says, yes, make big faith moves. Tiong says, set something in motion. Faith without works is dead. It's a word, best friend, child. Let me tell you something. That thing has really changed my life and helped me in a major way. So, um, okay, so yeah, Hail Mary for Regina King and all of the people who won, you know, incredible Oscars and had these moments over the weekend. Okay, having said that. It's time for us to move to our advice. Okay, so this is a mentor DM. And the mentor DM says, I absolutely love your podcast, sis. Please don't stop them, LOL. She has a mentorship question. She says, I know God has called me to mentor young ladies, but I don't know exactly where to start this ministry. He's given me a plan and vision, but I'm allowing fear to take a hold of me. How do you advise me to just leap out on faith instead of fear? I think if I were you, Alicia, that I would pinpoint the fear exactly. Because if you can pinpoint the fear, you can replace that fear-based thought with what God says about that thing. So maybe you're like, I'm afraid of being vulnerable. And God will tell you, well, in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. Perhaps your fear results from this idea of, I don't want people to look at me differently. Well, maybe it's time for people to see you differently. A lot of times we're afraid, but we don't know exactly why we're afraid. Maybe it's just plain plain old nerves that we can just get over by actually doing what God called us to do. So I think that once you pinpoint your fear, you'll be able to better 
hone in on what exactly is keeping you from pursuing the ministry. One thing that I constantly tell myself, even when I get nervous and I'm wondering how I'm going to do things, I say to myself, I say, self-listen. If you don't do this, imagine the lives that will not be changed, touched, or affected for God's glory. There's always a person attached to what God has for you. It may just seem like a business. It may just seem like a job, but there's always a person, a strategy, a reason for you to be in the rooms that God is calling you to. And if you think about the impact that you will rob them from as a result of you being afraid, it gives you the courage to do it. You know, I get nervous sometimes when I'm speaking. I get nervous when I do the podcast. Like I can live in this silo of my fear or I can decide that I'm not going to make this about me. I'm not going to make this about whether or not I sound eloquent. I'm not going to make this about whether or not all of my verbs are used properly. I'm only going to make this about doing what God told me to do. And of course, I'm going to study. Of course, I'm going to show myself um, approved. Like I'm going to make sure that I have my heart in alignment and my mind has really prepared for the opportunity that is in front of me. But at the end of the day, I want to be able to say that I did what God told me to do. So when you make it about them and not about yourself, you see the kind of change that you want to see in the world. What do you guys think, delegation? Kalidia says, yes, ma'am, so needed that there is a person attached to my ministry. I accept that. Reeve says, anxiety is real, but there comes a season when we have to greet our fear in obedience for sure. Daenerys says, I love that. Yeah, always... Whenever I make it about me, I always get afraid. I always get nervous. But when I make it about them and I make it about me connecting them to what God said, it helps me so much. Last night in Charlotte, I was praying with my team. And I was just like, at the end of the day, like tonight, we get to represent Jesus to a room full of people. And what an honor that is and what a treasure that is. And may we never get so consumed with self that we forget that we represent something so much greater than who we are. And we represent someone so much more powerful than who we are. And when we decrease, we give him room to move. Benita says, you get nervous, auntie. I can't even tell. I literally wish I had the confidence that you show. You know what I just decided? I just say to myself, you know what? We've made it this far. We can't lose now, okay? Like, God, you brought me into this room. God, you brought me into this city. You brought me into this environment. And the last thing I want to do is get here and make it about me and make it about my nerves and make it about my fear. And I just become totally dependent and surrendered to what God wants to do in that moment, even if for me it feels like an out of body experience. And I'm always just blessed to hear the feedback of what happens, but I always know it's not me. It's totally God. Prashina says, that's a way to ground your nervous negative emotions to remember who and how you may help someone. Maureen says, thanks. I need to remember to stop making it about me. D'Angela says the rescue siren's going off. Yes, thank you, Charlotte, for that background rescue. Maybe they're on the way to get Jesse since the delegation and I were unable to can. We just were fresh out of it. Okay, so uh, that was our first question for today. And our second advice question comes from my sister, my delegation sister, and we are going to call her... Shaquana, because that's what the Lord placed on my heart. I feel a Shaquana anointing, okay? <laughs> Brittany says, child, don't be nervous because I'm still on fire from Atlanta. Child, we try to set fires everywhere we go. Listen, okay, Shaquana writes me this letter. Delegation, are you listening? Shaquana says, hey, sis, I need some advice. I'm hoping this will make it to the advice portion of the podcast next week. I have been married to my husband now for almost eight years. I have been having really strong suspicions that something was going on, but never really sure. I've been praying and asking God if this marriage is where I'm supposed to be and to help me see my true purpose in this marriage. The other day, I popped up at home early from work to find my husband and another woman sitting in his car. Pause. Get some water, sis. Yes, she was in my driveway. 
I have extremely bad anger issues and had to leave immediately to avoid catching a case because we have children and I can't wear orange. But in all seriousness, I feel extremely disrespected and I feel like I cannot trust him. He swears that nothing happened and that they were just chilling, but I don't understand why it had to be at my house and why wasn't I informed. Sis, I really need help. Well, Shaquana, first of all, I want to say that you don't need as much help as you think you did because you, you drove away and you didn't catch a case, which I can say shows so much self-restraint and just discipline, a, a level of self-restraint and discipline that is admirable for all of us because I can speak on behalf of about a quarter of the delegation, perhaps even a half, when I say that we would be in orange right now, that we would need someone to put money on our books right now. We want to believe that we wouldn't, but having been in a similar situation uh, in a previous situation, come on and bless them. I can tell you right now that I was so close to, to orange that had it not been for the grace of God and the officer whose heart was melting uh, for my pain, I, I probably would have been in orange. Um, so I want to say that, that I commend you for handling that in a way that you can be proud of, because at the end of the day, situations like this often make us rob ourselves of our character. And we allow that situation to dictate who we will become instead of staying committed to the core of who we are. And when you're in a situation that brings out a side of you that you cannot afford to have brought out and you choose to walk away, I think that's incredibly, incredibly powerful. I really do believe that there are some fractures in your marriage that if not really taken into serious consideration can end in some dangerous situations for yourself and other people involved. Being in a situation where you're even contemplating something that could lead you to wearing orange is not the kind of marriage that God had in mind when he wrote the Bible and gave us the blueprint on what it means to have two people in in a marriage who are helping to build and edify one another. Um, I think that You've been praying about whether or not this marriage is for you, and God has given you an answer with what you discovered. Now, hear me clearly because I want to qualify. I'm not telling you that you should get a divorce, but I am saying that your marriage in its current condition is not the kind of marriage that you deserve. Counseling is possible. God is a restorer. He is a healer. But you have to recognize that this version of your marriage, and anyone who's been married for a long time knows that your marriage has several ebbs and flows. And I've met incredible women who maybe had infidelity in their marriages, and God was able to heal their marriage, and they were able to create a stronger, more powerful marriage. But this marriage, as it stands right now, is creating insecurity within you, is creating a distrust within you. And I think that you have to take it seriously. And I hate situations like this because a lot of times the woman is made to feel crazy and you're made to feel insecure. But the reality is that you could put the most confident woman in that situation and she would think the exact same thing that you thought because you're not crazy and you're not insecure. The writing is literally on the wall and you're seeing something that has to be taken seriously. And what I love so much about my husband is like he has has told me, like, he asked me, like, does this make you comfortable? Because he knows I've had a past where I've been broken and I've had to deal with insecurities. And so he's conscious that there may be things that make me uncomfortable and he's willing to modify them, even if it doesn't necessarily make the most sense. You know, if I'm like, babe, I would just feel more comfortable if you guys met here instead of meeting there. Like, he will adjust because he recognized that he's working to make sure that we still have trust. What's more important then your ability to move about the country freely is you being able to lay your head down in confidence when you come home. 
And I just really hope that you hear me clearly that I would take this seriously. I think that perhaps even your husband needs to recognize the seriousness of this situation. And in him recognizing the seriousness of this situation, perhaps he can start to have the change and communication that you all need in order for your marriage to be successful. But your marriage right now in its present condition, it has to change. You can't raise a family and and live until you're 60. 70, 80 years old with one another in peace and love and purpose and protection the way that it is right now. And so, you know, maybe that means figuring out a proper way to separate. Maybe that means figuring out where your counselor is. Maybe that does mean that eventually you guys have to go your separate ways. Maybe it means, I don't know what it means, but I know that you have to take this seriously. You guys are eight years in. That's an incredibly long, well, I mean, it is a nice, like you're not just newlyweds, which means that what you do in this moment is going to set the tone for the next 8, 18, 20, 30 years. And I just want you to take that seriously. Maureen says, get yourself some help, sis. Don't take it lightly. Jennifer Ann says, I appreciate you telling her she doesn't immediately need a divorce. It's true. I mean, God can heal. He can change. He can restore. But I do think you need to take it seriously. India says, try counseling, sis. Shanti says, I, I love your advice, sis. Uh, Manda, Manda says, before we give him a concussion, as he's so deserving, let's talk to the no good joker first. <laughs> it sounds like you need Manda to do your counseling. Um, <laughs> I mean, so many of my girls are saying like to the left, to the left. And, you know, that that that's a word. That's, that's a word. But um, I just think the reason why I want you to exhaust every option, and it's so easy when you're on the outside looking in to be like, girl, leave. He's disrespecting you. He's this, he's that. But the reason why I want you to try every single option is because you are going to be the one who is, like, let's just take it all the way there. When you're sitting in divorce court, when you have to label that box as a divorcee, when you have to deal with the guilt and the shame that comes with being divorced, you want to say to yourself, I did everything that I could do on my part. I don't know if he did everything he could do on his part, but walking away from my first marriage, I could walk away with confidence because I felt like I tried everything. And you just don't want to give the enemy, you don't want to give depression, you don't want to give anxiety, anything to work with. Do everything that you can on your part so that when you walk away, you can, or if you end up walking away, you can combat those thoughts with truth. And when I say do everything you can, I literally mean like throw your heart into doing everything you can. If you're in a place where you can't throw your heart into it, then you guys definitely need to take some time to separate so that you can get your heart back and your fight back to determine what is next. But don't just go through the motions of counseling because eventually I already know I'm going to get divorced. Like if you really want to make it work, like really go to counseling, really tell yourself, what would it take for me to feel comfortable in this marriage? And explain that to him, explain that to a counselor and say, I'm willing to do work too. Maybe I haven't been perfect. Maybe I haven't created an environment for you to express yourself. You know, I want to hear what it would take for on your part for this marriage to be successful. If there is synergy in those visions, then let's work together to see how we can accomplish that. But let's do that in a place of respect and protection. And if we can't accomplish that in the same house, maybe I need to move back home. Maybe you need to in an apartment, but I just want you to take it seriously. Zola says, fight for your marriage, but don't fight alone. Whitney says, fighting takes fighting takes two. Tanya says, separation is an option. Helps you see things differently while you figure it out. D'Angela says, be strong, sis. No one ever wants to be in this position praying for you. Listen, nobody wants to, okay? Um, I think that the delegation has chimed in. Take a minute, take care of your heart, do what you need to do in order for you to win and and to be my to my husband. What? Oh, okay. I'm on Facebook Live and my husband's leaving me. You're going to the mall? Okay. I love you. Best girl. Riley's gonna edit this all out. It's gonna be so clean. It's gonna be so clean when it hits the podcast. Okay. So um, I'm about to give you guys a snack, okay? So um, first of all, I just want to thank you guys for everything that you've been doing to support Woman Evolve, the podcast, Woman Evolve, the tour, and Woman Evolve, the store. Um, It's been beyond anything that I could have ever imagined. 
And I think I shared this once before in a message, but I, I am just reminded of it more and more as each day progresses. And one of the things that I am realizing is that like, okay, so we've done this tour, we've done seven cities, and we've been fortunate that each of them, you know, the the women came out, it's been sold out, which is like, bananas, right? And so immediately people have been telling me, like, you need to do an arena. You can't afford to just, you know, stay in some of these venues. You know, some of these places sold out a month in advance, which means that there are more people who could have come and been blessed by what you were doing. And so, like, we had 3,700 women in Atlanta. We had 2,000 women last night in Charlotte. We had 4,000 women in Chicago. And it might be easy to say from the outside looking in, like, you guys should move into an arena. But for me, like, I'm still blown away that thousands of women are coming out to hear, you know, the anointing and the grace that God has placed on my life. And I know that, like, I am not the 13-year-old girl who never thought that she was going to be anything anymore. But in many ways, I still am. And sometimes we can get so caught up in our current accomplishments that we don't take a minute to celebrate within with the girl who never thought that she would be here. And as we do Woman Evolve and as we continue to just see what God is doing, can I tell you, I am celebrating so hard with the 13-year-old girl who never thought she would be here. And I just want to encourage you guys to take a minute in your own life to celebrate with that 18-year-old girl, that 21-year-old girl, that 10-year-old girl who maybe never thought that she would be able to land a job like this or to finally be happy and no longer be afraid or depressed anymore, to take a minute within yourself. I really think that what I'm talking about is self-intimacy, to be so connected with yourself that you say, I realize that this is not a moment that I ever thought that I would experience, and yet I am experiencing it. And I just want to invite her, that broken girl, that afraid girl, that scared girl, to, to the woman that I have become. And I just want you guys to like never forget the power of where you've come from and the nights where you thought you'd never be here. You know, like everyone has experienced an accomplishment in their own capacity, okay? Like everyone, like maybe you moved, maybe you applied for the job, maybe you finally opened your heart, maybe you have a child and you're creating this family you never thought that you were gonna have. Invite that broken little girl to meet the woman that you are so that she can celebrate with you in those moments. Because sometimes in the hustle and bustle of pursuing and growing and and just like becoming all that we can be. We look at our life from this perspective, which is like, I still got more to do. I still got work that I can accomplish. This could have been better. And that's cool for the woman you are. But every now and then that little girl has got to celebrate with you because it changes the gratitude in which you carry your you carry your identity into the world. It changes the gratitude in which you connect with other people. Like, so we've got, our worship team is with me from Los Angeles. My MD is here. We've got a lot of people who are doing production and setting the stage and sound and, and running the boards. And like, I made them pound cakes and cookies over the weekend and brought them to Charlotte because like, guys, we're out here, okay? And God is doing things on our behalf and he never had to do them. And everybody treats me like, oh, I'm like, you know, I guess like the boss or something. Like I'm the person in charge, I guess. I don't know. It's strange because I just feel like that 13-year-old girl, every time I get on stage and I get to connect with you guys, I just feel like, man, if that little girl who was crying herself to sleep, if that little girl who was giving her body away so easily could see this moment, she would recognize that God was always going to take care of her and that she was going to be okay. And just don't forget to have a pajama party with your friend inside of you. So 
Brianna says, amen. It, I'm, I wasn't supposed to be in my senior year of college getting ready to graduate last year. I was on academic suspension. But God, come on somebody, okay? Uh, Adele says, so many told me I couldn't do things, and that little girl started to believe it. But God. Kamar says, I never thought I would have a job earning what I'm getting. Never thought I was worthy. Never thought I would have purchased my something, 12-year-old, but my house will be next to come. Yes, the comments are scrolling so fast, but I see so many comments, so many testimonies. Like, make sure you tell your little girl your testimony. Make sure you tell that little girl who you have become, or little boy, because I know the fellas be listening. Make sure you tell them who you have become, because when you tell them who you have become, you take the sting out of those moments. And then you look back on your life, and you was like, yeah, I went through a hard season. Yeah, I thought I wasn't going to make it, but I did. And so I don't mind sharing my story. I don't mind sharing who I am now, because... I just discovered that it wasn't all going to be bad for me. Bree says, you're trying to have us cry at work and on lunch breaks. My bad, child. Okay, listen. I love y'all. I'm sorry I was talking fast and speeding through this episode, but I want to make sure that we got everything covered. Next week, guys, I am back in Los Angeles. I will be back in my office, and I think, I'm not sure I need to check the calendar, but I think next week is our last episode for this season. So get your life together. Make sure you're there so that we can celebrate, okay? I love you guys. You know, the episode is not complete unless we take a moment to pray and thank God for who he is and what he's doing in our lives. So God, I thank you for my sisters. Man, I love them so, so much. I thank you for this outlet and this opportunity for me to continue to share who you are to me and who you continue to be on this journey. God, I just ask that you continue to reveal yourself to us in fresh, new, exciting ways, that we would look back over our life and over our experiences, and that we would see that you were there all along. God, as we come to the conclusion of the Night in the Wild Tour, I just ask that you would bless every woman who's going to be in attendance, that you would bless my incredible team, that as they lift the weights of these women and create a space for them to be free, that you would produce freedom in their own life. And God, we haven't been able to go to every city. We didn't get to meet every woman, but God, each of them are connected to this vision. And so I ask the same for them, that you would lift every weight, that you would destroy any burdens, and that they too would experience the breakthrough that we are experiencing on this journey. God, I thank you for who you continue to be in our life. I love you. Amen. Amen.